Welcome to the Cardboard Podcast, where we discuss the world of shiny cardboard. Are you bored? Then let's talk cardboard. Now here are your hosts, Big Ziff and Metaman. What is going on, everyone? I am Metaman, and welcome to the Cardboard Podcast, Episode 2. I'm here with my co-host, Big Ziff, and with our special guest, Argos Anonymous. Oh, very special. Thanks for What's having up, guys? me. What's up, guys? Yo... <laughs> So, I guess the first thing we should talk about is, and I, I'm actually curious about this, Argos, was your your DSG return that you had, because I just watched that today. That's what I wanted I to talk about. Cool. I haven't had yeah, a chance to watch it yet. I was but... curious about the, um, the sketch cards. So, does DSG, they, do they reach out to the artists to get like the names of the cards, or like how do they actually go about that, or do you not know? That's a good question. No, actually, what happened was, um, so I saw them. So they were partnering with the artists when they were uh, doing some whatnot streams, right? Mm-hmm. And on on those slapped art cards that they had, I saw they just named it Mothman, right? Or they just named right. it Metal Man of Alabama. And I thought, well, that's cool. Like I was gonna slab these, but you know, maybe I could put put an actual put an actual name to it. So I actually contacted Poncho and said, Hey, man, I'm gonna mm-hmm. slab these. What do, what do you want to name this piece? And that's when he said that missing Ghost Boy one. That was actually Poncho's idea. And then um, no regrets. The the blob just lying down and surrounded by candy. If you guys haven't seen it yet, that you'll know when you see it. I named that one, um, and then peace offering too. So yeah, we actually just named it because it seemed it seemed better than just naming it. Yeah, I because if you think agree. about it, there's there's a hundred Mothmen. Right. Art cards, and if you name them all Mothman, what do you? Yeah, it's like do? how do you differentiate them other than the actual <laughs> paint yeah. or artwork itself? Yeah, um, which is actually why when commissioning art, I actually tried to create a scene. When when I asked for something, I wanted to leave it open ended, but I didn't want to just say, "I'll take a Mothman," right? Because then it'll just be another. It'll be awesome, but it'll just be another awesome. Mothman. It had to have a little extra something to get Yeah, I'm the same way. I've only commissioned one official quote unquote um of those like fifty dollar ones from Poncho, but I did the same thing where I was like, Hey, like Wendigo is my favorite beastie, but I'm like a big like nature guy. Is there any way to make like pretty much the opposite of what you would expect Wendigo to be, which is kind of like fierce and like devours everything? I wanted it to be like to show kind of like when to go out there in nature, like calm, at peace, whatever. And he killed it. But like, I I was interested because I wanted to send mine in soon to DSG because that seems to be the play for most of these art cards in the sense that you want to get it slabbed and authenticated. And I saw that yours were all uh, titled, which I thought was really cool. And I was like, hmm, I wonder, you know, I wonder if DSG reaches out or if Argos reached out. So that's good to know i think for anyone in the audience who has and and it doesn't necessarily have to be official uh i mean you would ideally want it from an official artist but it doesn't have to be like the uh the release event sticker one which i have one of those but i also have a couple from isaac um that were like his his older sketch cards that were Official by his standards, but not when he was a artist for MetaZoo, even though they were MetaZoo art cards, I guess, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, okay. So I was also curious what you thought, maybe both of you can lean in on this. Um, what do you guys think about Nightfall singles in general? I'm not sure if you guys, and I haven't been following it too closely until like the past like day or so. Um, but I am interested to hear your guys' perspectives because I asked someone, Andy, who has who's pretty good at um, Andy Monty, pretty good at print run numbers, and I had him estimate what he thought the print runs for full hollows and reverse hollows would be, and he said about twenty three k full hollows and thirty one and a half k reverses, which is slightly over. I thought it was just going to be like a perfect like. Uh, two times what Krypton Nation mm. was, but he, I think he tried to take into account the things of like um, the actual pull rates of like one hollow versus 
one hollow for every like three reverses or something like that. Um, so I was just curious, well, like, how, how do you guys think singles last long term? And the trick is that um, they just double the number of booster boxes, but they actually like, for example, spell they multiplied it by five. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah, because every skew is fifty thousand. Yeah, and then that's why you more than double the count. Yeah. Okay. Um, the other thing, though, is, you know, it's interesting now that you've got non-hollow rares. Um, on the one hand, your ultimate chase is still an ultimate chase, and so if you're an ultimate chase collector, you still go after that full hollow. But at the end of the day, every time you take a certain population of money and you move it somewhere else, you know, it's not going to help the price of one thing so if you take the players who just care about the card and they have a cheap option now right now they're gone um and so every every little hit is going to hit these prices and in this case there's multiple so what do you think about the dual lands you see i was trying to buy some of them yeah i did see that i saw that yeah. i didn't i didn't say anything but i saw it yeah <laughs> i mean what's weird is actually that guy Behurst Collectibles of all people made a post about it last night and I had already been thinking about it for a couple days but he was pretty much like this is the best investment advice you'll ever you'll ever hear like to buy pretty much buy cards that are useful to the game right which makes sense but I was like I was gonna wait a bit longer but I had seen some of the unlucky 13 prices and things like that and I was just like I don't want to wait anymore so I just kind of pulled the trigger this morning on a Decent chunk of full hollow of those dual lands, but um, oh, you're buying them up, Ziff? No, I'm not buying, buying them up. up. I'm just making sure <laughs> I buy them all. Because <laughs> I remember even for Cryptid Nation, I bought. Um, <laughs> I, I said this in one of my videos. The cheapest hollow card at that time was the Eternal Snowflake, and it was like four or five dollars a hollow on TCG Player, and and I bought like six or seven of them, and then within the week, they were like. 15 20 dollars each or some crazy thing it was just like i don't know it was one of those things where i was like hmm well the same thing happened here with nightfall but it was more so like i'd rather just get them now instead of wanting to have to pay like 30 dollars or 40 dollars a card later on so that was just my take on it are cryptid nation first edition cards worth worth much yet like well random? those aura facts are the I aura facts worth anything some of them yeah they weren't yeah, they, they were. weren't until some some jerk just went all over the internet saying yep. buy Orifax, and then all of a sudden, who said that? Another could have. I don't know. Some crazy. Was it guy. you? No. Did you say what? That? No, <laughs> I would never. I am not involved with secondary markets. We do oh, not yeah, talk about secondary markets. Yeah, we don't talk about the secondary market, and we both know that no. it's not a playable game. So why would anyone buy? resources right. for the game exactly. when you can't even play the game anyway in the first place on, yeah, on that topic no actually, the game, that's, they just are the best looking cards that's been the play in my opinion from the beginning similar to what Ziff just said you know you look at cards that are playable because so many people are not um i like that in an investment you can follow what everyone has already done but ideally right. you get where people haven't been yet right and People um, are just starting to see that the game could be playable, which is something I, some people I knew from the beginning. I watched video on his top 10 dark cards this morning, and I was like actually learning something about how Headless Horseman plays and how Wendigo plays, and I was very intrigued, and I was like, wow, I should actually learn how to play this game. Emilio's content's hella <laughs> good. A, a couple of his videos made me want to play too, so if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed to... Nostalgia Collectible Investments. Nostalgia Collectibles. Nostalgia Investments. Of all time. Click <laughs> His content's great, so everyone subscribe to him, yeah. watch his videos. He doesn't no, get nearly was, enough views. In regards to the Orifax, too, it was also just like, if you think about like how games like Magic or, or any of these other games stand like the test of time, it's really going to be cards like that that become almost that nostalgic factor of like this was one of the most useful cards in the entire game or whatever right so that's kind of 
where my headspace was when I was thinking about getting some of these. The Orifacts, I kind of missed the ship a little bit. Like, I had a lot of them, sold off a couple to buy other, like, beastie singles, and then everyone's like, nope, Orifacts are the thing. So it was like, huh. Dude, what are we talking here? Are they worth, like, $5 now instead of $2? Or what are, I, I don't, I, mean, I actually haven't been paying attention. I mean, there's certain like ones, there. like, Chaos Crystal is easy, like, $50. Oh, well, I don't even count that, dude. I, I'm I'm talking about just, like, the colored ones. Are any of the, does anyone uh, care about any of the colored Crystal's ones? Crystal's, like, 30 bucks or something like Which that. Which one? Blood Ruby, like, sorry. I think. Here's a Blood Ruby. I haven't 29. checked their actual. Yeah, they're, like, all around yeah. that. Okay. I mean, they're not insane, right? But yeah, but, like, I mean, that's solid. If you're thinking about it like, long term. Uh, 20 to, to 30. They That's went solid. up to like 40 and then they pulled back a bit. But yeah, they were 5 to 10. I bought a ton of them. Actually, you know, it's funny. I'm so weird this way. I bought so many Orifacts after I like made that video. For some reason, I feel compelled to report the news as, as promptly as possible. And often that doesn't actually leave room to front run my own market announcement, which makes me feel a lot better about it too. So like, but it's funny how slow the market is. I mean, you can give them this information and you'd think that then you're too late when the next morning you're like, oh, I just said buy Orifax, like maybe I should- Cough, cough, old scratch, cough, cough. Maybe I should buy Orifax. And uh, so it was the next day I bought like 30 unending fire crystals or something on TCG player for like $5 a piece for full hollows and then it still took four days for them to hit 20 or 30. Mm -hmm. TCG player is such a weird site sometimes because there will be certain things where it's like way over what I could get it for in discord. But then there's other times where it's like the, the sellers on TCG player don't actually like collect the game or whatever. So they themselves haven't caught up. So then I'm looking at like, recent sales and i'm like holy crap someone's buying like six of these or seven of these at once so it's like interesting to see that and then it removes when all those get bought up it removes the cheapest option and then it kind of keeps going down like that right but i something really weird i noticed with tcg player last night when i was looking at some of these the dual lands um like the permafrost uh, especially i think um the hollow the full hollow is cheaper than the reverse hollow on tcg player like for several of these cards. It's the strangest thing I've ever seen. It's like nine or ten dollars for the full hollow. And then the reverse is like eighteen dollars or something. I'm just like, what is going on? And and then when I'm talking about like the print runs that I told you that Andy projected, which could be totally wrong, but in in an ideal situation here, the there will be more reverses than full hollows anyways. It just it kind of blows my mind. I was like, how is that even possible that the reverses are selling for more than the full hollows. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's because the spell books haven't <laughs> hit hit the market yet, so they haven't like been opened a lot. I don't know. No, you're right. It's, it's uneducated um, sellers. You know, they're selling 10 other games or mm -hmm. or more. MetaZoo's new. They heard about it, from, but no one plays it in the store. They don't know. And yeah. they're just selling stuff, and they don't know. Like hey, sometimes guys. you'll catch a great deal on a Kickstarter because they have no idea. Oh yeah. dang! Wow. Hey, I'm sorry to to change the subject here, but do you know what happened to the MetaZooSpellbook.com? Is there a visual spoiler anywhere nowadays? I I was wanting to just look at the whole Nightfall set. There's no way to do that. I have I I don't think I've used that website since the first time it dropped. I use TCG Player mainly, but. I mean, it was just a super great resource. Like, say I want to look up all of the art by yeah, Isaac yeah. or something. You could mm -hmm. you, you could even filter by artist, and you could filter by, like, uh, aura type. Sure. And it, it was a great resource, and now it's just gone. It, it redirects to the main MetaZoo site. Maybe they are doing maintenance? I'm not sure. Yeah, I hope they're just updating it with, like, the full Nightfall set. Like, it's down because they're updating mm -hmm. it, but I'd expect it to be done by now because Nightfall is released, right? You you have any idea about that, Argos? Did you ever did you ever frequent MetaZooSpellbook.com? I did. Yeah, for a little bit. Um my I don't know for sure. I could find out. 
But my, my bet is that because the company has been undergoing so many transitions, you know, and essentially some of the early work was done by volunteers. And I, I think they're in the process of like shifting from that volunteer model to a paid staff model. Um, I, I mean, I could be wrong, but a search and filter database would be a really great thing uh, for them to have. So I assume they would be hiring professionals, but I, th I think what happened was, yeah, volunteers were doing that that initial one, and the volunteers probably kind of dropped off, and people didn't have the skill set to maintain it, and they probably haven't gotten around to hiring professional development yet. That was kind of my thought. Okay. Because like, who do you get to upload the new set? They're like, do you want to do it? And they're like, oh, like I would, but I just started <laughs> ten at tennis, you know. And you're like, oh, I would, but Rocket League, you know. For sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I'm just wanting something, you know, like mythicspoiler.com is is where you find like spoilers of all the magic sets just visually to look through the cards so you can think about deck building or so you can, you know, do whatever. It's like oh, yeah. essential for any card game, I think, to have online. I own, um, oh God, what is it? I, I bought up a couple of like meta somethings.com. Like a while ago, was it MetaFind, or was it like a? Oh, you bought the oh, domains. Damn. Yeah, the domains because I I, I made um search and filter databases for some other things in the past, and originally I thought I was gonna help out by making like a good search and filter database, but then I had so much trouble even getting access to the images that I was like, never mind. <laughs> right, right. I was gonna do it, but. Oh, it was M Sorry for MZ, mzfind.com. That's right. That's a pretty good one. Could be worse. MZ well, I mean, find. like, what else? Like, besides something like Metazoo Spellbook or Spell, whatever it's called, spellbook.com. I don't even know. You got mzfind.com? I was yeah, saying that's, that's a pretty good one. I know, that's super short. I mean, because, like, like, what else is there? Like, me you would nothing. do, like, metazooSearch.com or something. That's kind of like a weird one. MZfind. I figured it. It could be good, you know, because you could also link deck techs and like um, tournament, you know, yeah. results and um, you'd have a database in there, but also have, yeah, like the just whatever tournament or event happens. If you got deck lists from that, you put it up there, um, content creators and YouTube videos, and you can link everything together. So someday I'll develop it. But right now it's just an empty slate. Dude, that's wild. I mean, that's only like a six character domain name. It's like. Yeah, valuable even mm -hmm. if you know mz was just gibberish mm. i like i like the domains i Me think too. it was like yeah. two dollars they weren't on to mz's yet i've actually sold a domain i i bought a random domain and i sold it to someone for two thousand dollars and i probably should have sold it for even more but really uh, i didn't know how much the guy had so i was like he offered a thousand and i was like two thousand and he was like okay i guess and then i was like sold <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome I you know. always hear about that but i've never i've never come across someone who actually did it yeah it's weird that's you have cool. to use like an escrow service and it's it's a weird process but um anyway we can we can go back to business um <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you how how was the grading with um with uh with dsg how'd you like the grades did you feel like they were all really fair or um what'd you think they looked pretty fair to me even though I hadn't yeah, the seen ones, his the cards. The ones I game. got back, the ones I got back were fair. Um, I submitted a larger one that some of the I have to get it back so I can see. What, that's the nice thing about DSG, right? Is like when I recently submitted to PSA and I felt like the grade wasn't fair, but I didn't know what they were thinking. You know, I, I just had to kind of guess what they're thinking. Yeah. So the nice about DSG, at least, is when I get this next setback, I can look at their zone map and be like, all right, what are they talking about here? And then and then decide whether or not it was fair. Because they hit me pretty hard on, like, a stack of Kickstarter Mothman. And I am a little butthurt about it. <laughs> DSA is extremely strange through my very limited experience. Um, I would say, from what I've seen, DSG... And places like Beckett and a couple others seem to be more quote unquote balanced. PSA is so weird because something like a tiny surface dent, they will automatically dock down to the six, like people talk about. 
but they'll overlook things like really bad centering or a tiny bit of edge wear or something. It seems to me like places like Beckett or DSG, they're more balanced overall to where they're giving you like a better overall grade, whereas PSA can go either way sometimes. Like it's it's so strange to me. I really do wish they at least at the very least like gave you like a bullet point or two of notes of like where the damage was because that would be very helpful. But you know, they're doing however yeah. many forty thousand cards a day or whatever, so I'm sure it's not that easy, but I don't know. In the future it's gonna move to, to AI grading, I'm assuming anyways, so uh, they're probably going to head in that direction, but in the meantime, it's it's so subjective sometimes, it kind of blows my mind. But I feel like I'm starting to, to understand which cards you would rather send to BGS or DSG over PSA. Um, like if it's, there's blatantly a print line or a scratch or a dent, I would not send it to PSA. Um, just because you're almost never going to get the desired outcome. But it's so weird and, and so like ambiguous the way they grade because I had that Van Meter sample that I sent, which I could almost guarantee should have been a 7 to an 8 max because I could find 2 to 3 little, it almost looks like a little ant person like pokes it with like a needle or something. Um, those little kind of like divots in the card that some of the samples have. And I was like, there's no way this does better than a 7 or an 8. And then it came back nine and my space brains, which I thought was absolutely flawless. One of the best ones I had also came back a nine. And then I look at the pop reports and no space brain has graded a 10 yet. And there's like five nines. And I'm just like, bro, how are they grading these? Like, it's so weird to me, <laughs> but I agree. I, I don't, I don't personally like it. I know they're very popular. I know I don't personally like it either. I just thought that's what the money is, but I thought yeah, I like for, because almost it's, again, it's like, we don't have to talk about this, but it's like almost the argument of if you can hit a 10 in a PSA 10, it's it's not all it's not always worth more than a BGS 9.5, but there is almost like a visual. Totally. Like humans, Timmy 10. human nature loves <laughs> Timmy 10. Max. Yeah, they love the Max. Timmy 10. Yeah. Did you see that? There was that um, that YouTube video. This guy from Spain, he bought a Black Lotus, an Alpha PSA 10 Black Lotus for like 500 grand. And he made a video about it a couple years ago. Did you guys see that? Nah, yeah. sounds dope though. It was very enlightening. So this guy has a lot of money. And when he paid 500 grand for this Alpha Black Lotus PSA 10, there was all this talk on the internet about how it's not a BGS PSA, the centering's off, it says 10, but it's not a real 10. It's a Timmy 10. And so this guy made a response video, and he goes, hey, you don't know me. You know, I'm so-and-so in Spain. I'm the one that bought that Black Lotus that everyone's talking about. And I just wanted to explain why I paid that much money for a PSA 10 instead of a BGS 9.5. Because in my life, I can get what I want. If I want a really nice car, I can get it. If I want a really nice girl, I can get it. If I want a nice house, I can get it. And I wanted I wanted a 10 because a 10 is the best score. There so I can't get that at PGS. They don't give them out. You get, you get 9.5s or you get a 10 with a defect. It's like not quite the best. It's not a black label. And he wanted the best. So he, he knew he was getting a Timmy 10. Didn't care. Wanted the 10. So the, the reason I like DSG... And I know that I know they're still they have to they have a long way to go before they could ever. There's a lot of factors to play, but the, what I like about their model is they will give you a ten, but then if you want to look deeper, you can go to the zone map, and so they're they're sort of like honest about it, and they they tell you all the details, but they'll still give you the visual of a ten, and so it's kind of a combo of like oh it's a little bit BGS in that we're pointing out the flaws because BGS tells you what's wrong with your card. But then they'll give you the 10, pointing out the highlights, because PSA tells you what's right with your card. So it's it's an interesting mix, and I don't know. People might people might like it if they don't blow up and do something crazy. <laughs> yeah, I thought your video was great on that, Argos. I really enjoyed it. I thought you made some good points. And um, yeah, I think it's mad respect for uh, sending, sending, especially some of those high-end things to 
to uh, DSG because it, it would be very easy to say, oh, I want my premium, I want my money, I'm sending all that to PSA, you know? But you're having faith that DSG over time is, is going to be... Well, it's also, he, he's grading it at such a low price point that... Um, that too, yeah, definitely. I mean, if he has to crack a $30 slab and wants to eventually sell it and spend the 150 at PSA, then he can do that. But it's oh, like, great point. Now, that is it a just great makes point. sense to i think yeah that was the vibe i got was like to encapsulate the cards now is almost smarter than like chasing kind of these higher end grades or or whatever you know sure I mean, not like plus, the conditions gonna plus it just lets you know like exactly what is going on with the card like right. you get you get that yeah. detailed uh you know map of everything wrong with the $30 qr code grade is actually more effective at telling you what is wrong with the card <laughs> probably so. i got a Exactly. I, I see DSG as a higher quality service right now. I, I still have to see how consistent they are. I have to use them more often. But at a glance, it at least appears to be a higher quality service in that if it doesn't materialize and someday I want to switch to PSA, I have all these maps. And I, and I know I know I can look at the card and say, wow, these are going to be PSA 10s. You know, this will be a 9. Um, and I have all the reference points and all the material, and then I can switch if I want to. And if DSD does turn out to have a premium, then I've already got it. And like you said, Ziff, the buy-in was low. So right. it's like it's pretty much the best argument I can think of is there's no better time to grade with DSG than right now. So I don't know. Favorite um, favorite nightfall you know, cards. Get Argos. I love Headless Horseman. Because what you were mentioning, because of the effect of it, they, that's what MetaZoo does so well, is they take like the the essence of the crypto yeah. mm -hmm. and they make it into the effect and the power. The card, yeah. I love that's, it. The idea of him riding out. A... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. He, he no, went over just, that? Yeah, he was, because when he was talking about the Wendigo, he was talking about how it's essentially almost like it can serve as like a board wipe if you're playing someone with like token decks where they're spawning a bunch of the, uh, I don't know, the, I haven't played yet, but like the zombie uh, tokens or whatever where they have like X amount of life bells. points. A bunch of ding bells, yeah, that's what yeah. I was going to say. Oh, no. It can like <laughs> keep flipping a coin and if it like doesn't hit heads on fear or whatever, it can like attack them again or something. It was it was sounded really cool and that was kind of what you were saying about like capturing the essence of Wendigo, which is like this beast that, you know, has like insatiable hunger that just like continues to devour everything. Yeah, I love uh, that. Was, I love how they write that in. Yeah, and Headless Horseman's ability was like decapitate and it like pretty much has to like uh, destroy a beastie in order to gain like its abilities or whatever. It was super cool. It's so cool. It, it's a really fun, it's a really fun effect that yeah. people are going to enjoy playing. Even, even if it doesn't win you a tournament, it's a really fun effect. So you guys are telling me that that not only MetaZoo is is a card game that I, that I could theoretically play, but that the cards are flavorful in their abilities. Very, very much so. Is that what you guys are telling me? No, no, I'm so, it's all fake. None of it's oh, okay, real. all right, that's what yeah. I thought. There, are, there aren't even real cards. These are okay. paid actors. I know. I've never seen any. You you, sh you sure can't order any, so <laughs> they must not be no. real. Can't find it. No, <laughs> no. I've, I'm going to play D spirits. Yeah, it's it is flavorful, and that adds to the resonance and really adds to the appeal in such a great way. Hey, are there any tournaments coming up? There, there's one in uh, Dallas Fort Worth. There's like Pro TCG Weekend. Oh, never mind. MetaZoo's not at that one. Dang. When's the next MetaZoo Argos tournament? Wait, was it Argos? It was either Argos or Emilio. Someone said that they were that uh, Channel Fireball was looking for like MetaZoo players or something like that recently. They're looking for content creators, uh, specifically about like Lame, gameplay right? content creators. Yeah. So like, what's this? Yeah. Red Zone Rogue, like people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he already is a content creator for them, but he right. is. Yeah, so he is under. He has to deal with them. How they work is is um you apply and if you're accepted then you you create some kind of a deal where on some sort of periodic basis you'll come up with content and and they prefer gameplay focus they, they don't like markets as much yeah uh, but you can talk about cards or you can even open a box you know and you do it so i think him it's like one every two weeks or something like that 
and they're looking for more. So I actually applied for that. Uh, so it'll it'll probably happen, which means I'll have to start doing more gameplay videos. <laughs> uh, nice. There you go. That's cool. Because it's not just to do it. So my thought, my thought was, um, to be totally honest, is like, so I'm in a position where, and this is my. So I sell as a as a MetaZoo retailer. I sell at MSRP, but I am also in a position of advantage because. This is not my sole livelihood. Mm-hmm. And so and so I have the luxury of being able to take the high ground. You know, and, and not everybody is in that position, I guess. Right. Um so it goes the same with content. Like I don't rely on it. I'm not necessarily trying to I'm just it has to be it has to be enjoyable. And it has to be in line with what I think is is a good use of time, is fun, is useful, because um, I don't need to do it. So, Channel Fireball. percent agree. Yeah, you know, like it's it's uh, so so getting getting a sponsorship deal or something to Channel Fireball, I thought, well, you know what? If they host events someday, they're gonna call their people to get involved with that. Ooh, like yeah. they just nice yeah they they just had red zone rogue go to a calling event for flesh and blood i saw and that he, yeah he got to commentate he wore a little suit that looked like awesome that. yeah yeah it looked awesome so i was like you know what <laughs> maybe this is an end to getting to go to some huge medicine thing someday or and... at the very least they give you they send you the email where it's like hey if you if you're available you know <laughs> yeah yeah you could show up yeah. I don't know. I just, you know, Mike does this with MetaZoo where whenever a door opens, he walks through it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it has worked pretty well for him. So every now and then I get a, a message that says, hey, do you want to do this? And I, with MetaZoo, I've started just being like, sure. <laughs> like this podcast. Like this podcast. Thank you, gentlemen. You heard it here first, guys. Argos's DMs are wide open. The number one oh, new YouTuber oh, yeah. in the world right now, probably. That's right. <laughs> well, that's exciting though, because I think, uh, you know, it's it allows you to get involved in another way. I think it, um, you know, gets you a little more like emotionally invested, and you also might learn more gameplay mechanics, things like that. So I think it's it's a win win win. It would be good for the community. To have more, uh, more gameplay. Every I hundred percent agree. Because right now it feels <laughs> like, and it definitely is like ninety to ten investors to players. You know, maybe you, even more you than see that. it in the YouTube views. I mean, you guys know. Oh, like I know. if you put out, <clears throat> you put out a video and you say breaking market news, and you've got fifteen hundred views in forty eight hours or something. And if you put out a video that says. 30 minutes of gameplay. Right. You've got 300 views. I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's going up, but um, it's tempting to give the people what they want. But I think it's time to start building that other side of the community and showing people that they could want this too. And over time, it'll, it'll help. No, that's why I kind of was trying to vouch for Emilio too, because it was like I randomly, and I used to watch all of his videos, but now I just, because of time, it's like if something pops up in my recommended, I'll typically watch it, but it depends when I get on or whatever. And I saw he had MetaZoo like top 10 dark cards or whatever. And I just decided to watch it. And it was very like informative for someone like me who has so far really only experienced the game from a collector's slash investor's, I guess, perspective. Um, and his channel is literally about investments, but it's turned into this thing where he's, you know, a MetaZooologist now. He, he does a lot of openings for that side of his audience, but at the same time, he's like explaining the mechanics of certain cards, or he's like, you know, this this beastie is going to be really good in this X Y Z deck or whatever, which I think is super awesome. Um, and I definitely agree that, and I probably should do a part in that as well. Like, we shouldn't only talk about market stuff because I mean, learn it, how to it's play. The easiest, it's the easiest to do, and it's kind of a <laughs> cop out at this point. 
Well, there's a lot of prominent people in the community that that haven't really learned the finer points of play. Like uh, the Pokizu guy, Nick, mm -hmm. who runs Pokizu. Pokizu, very prominent thing in the Mezu community. He, you know, he recently said he's going to learn how to play. And and when a person like that keys you into the fact that they they still haven't learned how to play, but they've done so much, you know, it's um it's interesting. You could take the uh, MZO exam, even if you're not going to be an MZO. Kind of forces you to learn. Mm hmm. Right. I'm just like a huge it's, spike. It's like, tough. <laughs> I just I want to play competitively. Like I'm not really a kitchen. I'm not a huge kitchen table player. I mean, I actually play a lot of kitchen table right. games. We we actually have a, like a weekly game night, and I've been wanting to to branch more into like trading card games um, with my with my little group, but. Um, Normally we play like board and tabletop games and stuff, but um, in general I'm very competitive. And so if there are some MetaZoo tournaments, that would like really motivate me to learn. To to learn, yeah. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. What about um, homebrewing your own decks versus uh, uh, fine tuning someone else's deck? You know, you know, like building it from the. Do you like building it from the ground up, or do you like looking and seeing what's no. working? And then going from there. I like tweaking. I mean, I've barely played any TCGs, but even when I played Pokemon TCGO, I, again, I mainly still, even when I get on, I just play theme deck format because I don't have all those like VMAX cards where you need like three copies of them and whatever. Um, but when I did try to build decks, I would pretty much just modify like some of those theme decks <laughs> and play with them. Yeah. So that's typically how I work. But at least until... I mean, if you know how every card works and and what's kind of the meta, then it's probably easier to build a deck from the ground up. But I don't know. I'm kind of a filthy net decker myself, but um, I I do I like brewing fine. too. There's definitely a lot of joy to be had in brewing, like just grabbing your favorite card and like for like really trying to make it work. Um, like I would love to build like Loveland Frogman Control or something with that new uh, water yeah. sweeper and stuff. I th I think you could probably yeah, build those that. Those new water cards are really strong. I think. Um, I think that'd be fun. I love like um, multicolor decks or like I would love to do like some sort of like rainbow aura deck with just a whole bunch of bombs and like control cards and stuff in it. That sounds super fun. So with MetaZoo, where the meta isn't like super iron ironed out like to a T. I think there's probably lots of fun space for brewing, especially. I think the Bloodsucker ones that Emilio was talking about sound super cool, honestly. Because they seem like they're kind of like annoying ones where like your opponent has to like proactively figure out how to handle them. But yeah, I don't know. They seemed pretty cool to me. Um, okay, what should we talk about next? Uh, did you guys see those silver borders? I did. Or gray borders, I guess we should What's say. What's that? For like the MZO cards or whatever. Pretty much they're make, they're giving the metazoologist a complete, two complete sets of Nightfall in gray borders. Oh, wow. It's like a light Very gray. Very sample-esque. Oh, I was crazy. not as... Um, impressed as I thought I would be because I was expecting more like cold foil or even just hollow borders. And when oh, I they saw say... them, they're... sorry, what? Oh, I just noticed they're stamped. They say playtester on them. I oh. did not see that, but I did yeah, see the colors and I was just like, huh. Kind of wish they were like hollow or something, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, though, like shiny. I think it's good. I think it's I think it's okay. That they can not. still change it in wilderness and whatever. So, uh, but it, we have so many things to chase. <laughs> you know, there's no, so but many I'm things. Saying, <laughs> seeing them as gray instead of hollow, it's like I was originally going to go after like the Wendigo one if I could and stuff, but now I'm just like, you know what? I can probably skip that for now. See, but maybe that's okay. See, that's why I that's why I'm okay with it. I know what you mean. It could be better. But, like, we've got so much. There's all yeah. these promos, and there's the sample card. There's so much. 
at some point it's almost relieving. It's it's a relief to see a new thing and being like, oh, okay. That's literally I, Meta Man in a nutshell. I don't need to have that. <laughs> yeah. It is a relief. Like, they're fun, but I don't need to have it. Do you think people think we'll see whole decks on eBay? Um, hard to tell. How long? I don't know. See what on eBay? A whole deck of uh, playtester cards. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Depends I think who the... the vibe I got is I'm underwhelmed to where I don't need to worry about it. But it's it's awesome. Like, and I remember I messaged Mike way back when, sending him um, a photo of because Dragon Ball Super they do a similar thing called judge cards, which are the people that judge the games, obviously. And there's judge level one and level two, which is there's a different stamp that says level two on it. But I sent that to him a while ago, and I was like, hey, because I, I knew someone who was a metazoologist who was like, yeah, it's really fun, but the only problem is, you know, there's almost, like, no compensation. And I was like, hmm, wouldn't it be cool if there was some sort of special cards or whatever that were given to the metazoologist? And I messaged Mike about that. And he said he was already thinking of that, so I'll just give him the benefit of the doubt there. But, um, yeah, I think it's cool that they get they get to have something unique and special like that, that no one else is going to have, you know? Yeah, that is nice compensation. Yeah. Because we need playtesters, you know? We, we really need their service. And then what are the uh, wilderness playtesters getting? Aren't they getting, like, um, free booster box? Same or thing. multiple boxes or just some of these weird silver border things? I think it'll probably be the silver borders, I'm guessing. I thought, I thought there was an announcement, and it was saying, like... Metas or um, wilderness playtesters get uh, a bunch of cool stuff. More than that? Yeah, Maybe. I'm pretty sure. I'm trying to find the announcement. I don't know. I know. I know they're just getting the silver border, but yeah, I could have missed something. I've been really, really busy the last week. Uh, just like I've just been wait. If I've just been waiting for a box to touch down for me, bro. It's like sad. <laughs> I got a shipping notification for one, but I'm just like, dude. So many people. You still haven't. I haven't gotten a single item in besides the Collecticon stamped cards that I bought and traded for. And yeah, I haven't gotten a, a nice single play. thing. Yeah. But you will but, soon. Yeah, Maybe buddy. In the next couple of days. <laughs> Thanks to you. <laughs> Woo! It should be there soon. Any of you guys, have you guys uh, ever pulled a secret rare? Did either of you get a red ink? I forget. Nope. No, no. I, I, I hardly know. even opened Boxes. any. I mean, that's kind of, I feel the same way about this set too. I'm only going to open a couple because for me, it's always better to buy singles if I want to build a deck or to just collect certain cards. Opening stuff at a certain point, I think you get fatigued from it. Um, and maybe I can say that because I don't open that much, but there's a reason why I think. And it's also just, I like having the sense of security of like being able to open something like months and years down the line and i don't know what my passions or position will be in metazoo months from now so it's like having that option for me is just almost better um it's one of those having things where I had some self-discipline and self-control where i was like hmm, if i'm not gonna pull the secret rare because the likelihood is so small then maybe i should just like hold off until i actually like feel the urge to open more not just open because the entire community is continuing to open things like that's when i was like hmm, i should probably pivot and try to get singles or something like that speaking of which have you noticed um first edition boxes starting to peel ahead of uh of kickstarter when you think of the print run to the value everyone used to say well first edition is four hundred dollars so kickstarter at four thousand makes sense because it's one-tenth the print run um or you know if, if a first edition box is eight hundred dollars kickstarter should be eight thousand because it's one-tenth mm -hmm. the print run people you say it all the time and now we're seeing kickstarter start to like dip a little a little just a little more mm -hmm. i feel and i wonder i wonder um because of the secret rare lotto component and the box topper component 
Well, like, yeah, Kickstarter is super rare, but uh, from a sealed perspective, will there be a, like a, eventually a percentage increase? It'll never be worth more than Kickstarter, but will it increase at a greater percentage rate because people are opening so, yeah. them more? It's such a niche market for Kickstarter sealed. Like, it's so hard to find a buyer. I feel like, well, I could say that and then someone could go list it on eBay and sell it really quick. But in terms of like being perfectly aligned in terms of the print run to value, I guess, between first edition and Kickstarter, I would say I wouldn't be surprised if you see first editions. I think first edition has been swinging harder than Kickstarter as of recently. Like I know Kickstarter, there was like a 10K sale recently, but then there was also a 6K sale like in the same week. So it's like, that I don't amazing. Know. Yeah, it's kind of weird. And it's just all over. Yeah. I'm not sure. But I do, I am very bullish on the first edition boxes because of how small of a print run it is. Also, I just, when I see the, the more I see the OG Mothman, the Chaos Crystal, all the aura facts, the Loveland Frogman, Chessy, etc., Piazza Bird. Like I'm just thinking yeah. to myself, like there's no Big way foot. these these aren't like the classics that everyone remembers. JT, like, yeah, it's so good. Yeah, that set was just so like well balanced. You have Bigfoot Babe, like Silver Bullet, yeah. all these awesome cards that just are gonna become like timeless. Power Up Red, Sam Sinclair, like it's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's a super dope set for yeah. sure. I yeah, I, I I agree. I think um, that's the buy right now is is first uh, first edition Cryptid Nation boxes for sure. I think they have the yeah, best chance to appreciate my next even play. More. I want to grade one or two samples and trade for it, as well as trade for old scratch if I can. But <sighs> I don't know if that will happen. I actually closed out a store a, a while ago. When, because MetaZoo's fake. And so right. they were selling everything to get out while they still could. And so I obliged them because I felt bad for the LGS. You know, I wanted to help them in any way that I could. Help them get out <laughs> from under their MetaZoo. Right. <laughs> so they, fortunately for them, I was, I was able to relieve them of their first edition boxes. And so ah. I do not... I do not need, I do not want more first edition boxes. What? It's only because, fair, fair. It's only because I have too many. What? <laughs> Let me get some of those. I'll buy them at, uh, I'll buy them at MSRP. MSRP. <laughs> I just don't want to, I just wouldn't want to sell them. I'd feel bad. I, I don't want to sell you something that, that's not a real thing. It's right? going to be a timeless yeah. piece of cardboard as the game continues to, to grow. It's so really good. Yeah. How many do you it's have? Got... A lot. Uh, like roughly, like uh, um, like are we talking, um, you know, a hot dog stand or 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 a football stadium? Well, it's amazing how many you can fit in a small place. You know, the boxes are small. It's amazing. I mean, yeah, even a hot dog okay. stand, you can fit a lot of hot dogs in a hot dog. I would stand. guess fifty <laughs> to hundred, but I don't know. I think it's I... twenty to fifty. <laughs> <laughs> don't know well, if he's he's, he's not going to tell us and that's okay i think it's better to leave up to our imagination it was it was in um it was in uh, what was it august september um and i just i don't know i didn't control myself it's, it's not a small amount um but i'm going to take it easier now right like i i went i went um decently into kickstarter and got you cut out. I don't know. For a second. Oh, sorry. I, I went pretty heavy into Kickstarter for a while last July, and then um, and then I figured I'd hit. I saw Cryptid Nation and saw that box topper thing, and, and the secret rare and just everything combined and just figured I'd, I'd hit this one really hard, just as hard as I absolutely as hard as I could, and then I would back off, um, and just have a you know some sealed from each set going forward just to have. But I just knew I, I should strike this one just as hard as I can. And so I did. Uh, and we'll see. <laughs> to save them. I think to of save all the from. sets to do that on, that is the best one. I don't understand. What I was wrong see... with that shop? Why? 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 What kind of, what kind of uh, shop is... I don't understand. 
Like, what were they thinking? What was wrong with them? Why couldn't they sell it? Didn't wasn't everyone looking for that product? So they they were, were there's no they were disconnected from the oh. metas. They're not on Discord. Huh. You know, yeah, they had ended up with some like you know some decent chunk of boxes, but they just got it because they heard it was hot, but they weren't plugged into the community. Um, and then if they sell on eBay, they have to ship and part it out. So, you know, if some guy comes by and says, hey, like, I'll show up in an SUV and I'll pay you blank, you know, tomorrow and just take it all and it's gone. Dang, it's worth okay. a lot. Of, right. It's worth a lot of money to them. They save all the time, all the labor. And, you know, and if you pay via certain mediums, they can decide how they want to handle that. And so they can save a lot of money that way as well. Um, and that that lowers the price quite a bit. Jesus, man! So. How many freaking boxes did you get? It's not a, <laughs> not a small number, guys. You're you're undershooting it. <laughs> it's not a small what? number, but it's only oh, because I, it's because I love it. I Why just did, love it. I just oh, love man, it. Oh man, I have so many questions. Why did that one little I shop don't show it? So deep. So uh, well, they questions. had quite a bit more. What? They they had a. I don't know how they. I don't know how they got it. They got it from Golden. Uh, they had a lot. So weird. What? Yeah. Um, and uh, and then I think they originally were acquiring more. Like this guy at first thought, you know, you know how the, the card game world is all these super passionate people, but they have these fleeting emotions, and it's like fear and greed, fear and greed, fear and greed. So this guy, for a while, thought it was the next great thing and was was calling other stores and buying them out. So he was like accumulating all these boxes and ended up with just hundreds and hundreds of boxes and then started to panic. And he, because the price started going back down, you know, and it's a classic thing. Price is going down again. And he's sitting here going, oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm underwater. In too deep. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm barely breaking even. And he had so many and he just panicked and he started trying to liquidate, liquidate, but then the price is still going down. He's underwater and he just, he just wanted out of it. Um, he's probably, that's that's the thing what it was. So he, yeah, so he was closing out a bunch of other stores actively for a while, and then panicked and just wanted wanted out because he thought for sure it was going to go all the way back down to 150 um, or lower. And he's watching Flesh and Blood crash and Monarch, you know, and he he was deep into that. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's all it was. That sounds like I'm, every I'm single one of my it. NFT purchases ever. <laughs> Fear and greed. Yeah, lots of panic, Hello? lots of crashing. Yep, yep. Fear and greed. Yep, and FUD. Let's talk about... So we're looking at spell books, right? And do you think it's an accident? Or do you think it's on purpose? Or do you think it's even real? That, uh, that the booster boxes are loaded and the other products are less less loaded? You know what I mean? Every because because this before it it could just be chance. It's just random because it's all hand packed, whatever. But now, you know, you're back in the United States. You have the ability to do whatever you want. They have algorithmic sorting, machine sorting, whatever. And people are still noticing that booster boxes are loaded, not as loaded, but loaded. And and I just wonder, could this be on purpose? Or is it just chance? Or are we all crazy? What do you, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, th I think already the booster box has such a gigantic premium on it because you've got the possibility of God packs. Um, you've got the the um, secret rare, which I guess it's not confirmed yeah. that there isn't a secret rare am amongst the other products, right? Like there could be, <sighs> but it's probably only in booster boxes, right? Probably. Probably. It's probably going to follow like what Cryptid Nation was with Red Ink, and I'm, I'm sure Old Scratch is only in booster boxes as well. Man, do those spell books even glow in the dark? Do they even sparkle, though? Like, They man, don't. Right? They don't, right? See what I mean? I mean, like, like we needed any more reasons to have premiums on booster boxes, then the pull rates are going to be better, too. Like, I... I just don't get it, man. I th I think we actually need to make spell books a little bit more attractive because I don't I don't really want to buy them. Like I go 
I think everyone goes straight for the booster box, and when they can't get it, they're like, all right, never mind. Or they're bothered, so, or they complain. What if that's on purpose? Hear me out. A spell book is, what, an aura pack, a rule book, a map, a couple of packs of coin. It's an intro box at its core. It looks nice. You could collect it, sure. But, like, it would be advantageous for the game to have a spell book at $50. Because then, like, a new player could go pick that up and get tokens, get all their aura. It's perfect. Whereas it's actually not advantageous if all the spell books are, like, out of reach. You know, whereas a booster box, especially a first edition booster box, the value of the booster box goes up significantly if you can convince people to open it. So it seems as though they are intentionally designing the booster boxes to drive more opening by creating multiple lotto components within the boxes. Because without that, you know, people would just put it on the shelf and they would open spellbook packs. But now they have a chance at a $10,000 card. So they open booster box packs or box toppers, you know. Meanwhile, the unloved spellbook is still sitting at like $100. It's still sitting at two times MSRP. And MetaZoo, perhaps, is sitting here going, wouldn't it be nice if spellbooks were 50? You know, and they're, they're willing to allow the collectible booster box by design to be a long-term all-star. And then their other product, the spellbook, is sitting there still nice, you know, but not insane. And so it's more more approachable. Is that beyond reasoning that it could all be on purpose? No, no, not at all. I mean, I, I think it's certainly possible. Um, yeah, only uh, only Mike knows. <laughs> Mike knows. Mike knows. Mike. <laughs> Mike. 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 You know. Mike. That, Mike. Mike. You know that commercial? Um, it's um, it's like a hump day camel. I can't remember. Oh, it's a yeah, it's it's a Geico commercial and it's like the hump day camel and oh, he's yeah, like he's great. like in the office just being a doofus and he's like hump day Mike 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 and he's like <laughs> bugging Mike. his co Oh yeah, that's right. I don't know if you remember that commercial. <laughs> Made me think of Of course. That. I'm old. I know all commercials. Yeah. We're old. <laughs> Except Ziff isn't old. Where is Ziff? Are you getting older, Ziff? You okay? I my Wi Fi is going in and out so all these conversations i hear like 45 percent of them dang okay i I did hear the recent spellbook booster box conversation but i had to like stop the recording on obs because i didn't know if it was taking up too much cpu usage or whatever so sad but did you guys get any talks what's up did you uh did you guys get any tops or are you still in line? I have three packs coming. I did not I was not able to to penetrate the website. I had to have someone else who was already on there and got their own stuff to message me and say, Hey, I'm gonna go back to my shift at work. Do you want any? And I said, Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, okay. I got nothing. Nice. Nyatin. 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 Do you want one? <laughs> Do you want one for your channel? Dude, I'd be, oh man, I'd give you the biggest shout out. I would just like praise you for five minutes straight and then we'd open it. Yeah, on the channel. That'd be sick, dude. Let's do that. I'll, yeah, do that. I'm happy to buy it at um whatever. Um, Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's just 50 plus tax plus shipping or something. Not too bad. Although now on eBay, gosh, there's a lot of them selling. The price came down. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're not too bad. Oh, wow. They're like 90 yeah yeah not too bad that's interesting Um, come come the day they get shipped here they probably won't be that but i think yeah you know for anyone listening and you missed out which i'm assuming is 75 percent of people it's not uh it's not the end of the world and it's not something we're not used to paying double msrp so such a lesson in patience (laughs) oh waiting yeah totally well, yeah, Argos, sorry about, sorry we appreciate you coming on, and we hope to have you on whenever you would like, and, you know, wh- whenever you're available, it would be awesome, and we can just do what we did today, or we can bring specific topics, whatever you'd like to do. Um, awesome. It be very flexible and fun, hopefully. Yeah, this was fun. Thanks, guys, so much for the opportunity. This was a good time. Hope yeah, you get home. 
Meta Man. Hell, I feel bad keeping you at work all this time. Oh, stop. That's okay. Um, you're you're an absolute <laughs> treasure to the community. I, I know everyone really appreciates you. You're you're definitely one of the most uh, uh, generous guys around here. So I really appreciate you. I think you're a you're a gem, and um, it's an absolute gem pleasure to 10. to be able to speak you with you. Gem mint ten. Yeah, you're gem a gem mint ten, buddy. Someday. <laughs> it uh, it matters. You know, you right. guys matter. This is what people matter. So. I'm all about it. I'd love to do a mailbag too. So maybe for round two, we'll, um, I'll, I'll prepare better and I'll pose some questions to, to folks like maybe on Instagram or something like ask Argos anything. And then, you know, maybe that'll give us another fun little thing to, to do too. Yeah. I think we should do that. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Argos big Ziff from Metaman here. Peace out. Later. You've been listening to the Cardboard Podcast. Happy collecting, everyone. Goodbye.